Esther, chapter number three. Here's old prejudice, Haman, verse eight. Talked about that last week. Look inside, see if prejudices exist in you. They could, they could, but it ain't too late to fix them. Amen. Haman said unto the king, Ahasuerus, there's a certain people, listen to that, scattered abroad, they're dispersed among the people in all the provinces of thy kingdom, and their laws are diverse from all people, neither keep they the king's laws, therefore it is not for the king's prophet to suffer them. If it please the king, let it be written that they may be destroyed. Now watch this now. I will pay 10,000 talents of silver to the hands of those that have the charge of the business. I'll even finance this massacre to bring it to the king's treasuries. Huh? We're going to make money and, and put it in the king's treasury. Where are you getting that money from, Haman? And the king took his ring from his hand and he gave it to him. Gave it unto Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Agagite. The Jews' enemy. Don't you love how descriptive the Bible is? Let's not mix it up. There wasn't another Haman. That same one that we talked about earlier. The Jews' enemy. The king gave the ring to the enemy. Now what are you going to do in your Christian life when God seems to be giving resources to your enemies? Or at the very least, allowing them to get resources from other people. Doesn't seem fair, does it? But that's why you got to remember, God is working behind the scenes. And the king said unto Haman, the silver is given to thee, the people also, to do with them as seemeth good to thee. Wow, just carte blanche. Then were the king's scribes called on the 13th day of the first month, and it was written according to all that Haman had commanded unto the king's lieutenants, to the governors that were of every province, to the rulers of every people and of every province, according to the writing thereof, and to every people, after their language, <clears throat> in the name of King Hazarus was it written and sealed with the king's ring. And the letters were sent by post into all the king's provinces to destroy, to kill, and to cause to perish all Jews, both young and old, little children and women, in one day. It's vicious, isn't it? Upon the 13th day of the 12th month, which is the month Adar, and to take the spoil of them for a prey. Wow. The copy of the writing for a commandment to be given in every province was published unto all people that they should be ready against that day. The post went out, being hastened by the king's commandment. And a decree was given in Shushan the palace, and the king and Haman sat down to drink but the city, Shushan, was perplexed. I don't know if we get to it tonight, but eventually. I won't be here next Wednesday if we get to it, but I'd like to discuss the two extremes of those last two statements. The king and Haman sat down, but the city, Shushan, was perplexed. When you're drowning in pride, huh? are you listening? When you're drowning in pride, what you are celebrating, others are confused about. See, see, pride jades your perception and perspective. What looks good to you, because it's helping you, you don't realize it's hurting a whole bunch of other people. Let the church say amen. Father, add thy blessing to the reading of your word. Cleanse me of sin, empty me of self, and fill me with your spirit. Use the Bible in Jesus' name. 
Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. God is working behind the scenes. We don't have time to review all that we've discussed, but you can go back and do that in your own reading or listening in on the messages online. But suffice it to say, we're discussing now the middle of this evil plot. The enemy of God's people is winning, so it seems. He's promoted. He's put second in command. The king positions a wicked man to do what he wants to do. Doesn't it seem to be more and more common in our world today that wicked people are getting the power and doing what they want to do? And listen, God is allowing it. God is allowing it. As a matter of fact, there are times in scripture where God not only allowed wicked people to rule, the Bible says that God raised them up. Judges chapter number three, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of God and the Lord strengthened Eglon. You hear me now? The Lord strengthened Nebuchadnezzar. He actually gave power to those who were evil to inflict punishment on those that were righteous who were living in disobedience to their God. You don't ever want to disobey God as his child so he starts strengthening people that aren't his children so that he can get those that are his children to start acting like they are his children. To whom much is given, much should be required. And so we're, we're, we're often complaining, that's not fair, God. He doesn't do right. Uh, that person works on the job. He's, he doesn't do as well as I do. That person doesn't try as hard as I That person's evil. That person's a liar. That person cheats. That person does wrong. And yet they seem to be rising up. You've got to understand that God knows what he's doing. And by the way, what takes you a long time to ascend to takes you very little time to fall down from. So this evil plot is happening, this ridiculous promotion, these ready patronizers, they're ready to bow down to him, but Mordecai has a refused participation. He will not bow down to Haman. It, it's just against his principles. Somebody say amen if you're going to live by principles. The repeated probe, and the people don't understand it. Why won't you do it? They report him by way of provocation to Haman, and Haman finds out and reacts as a raging person, but his... His real root problem comes out in all of this. He, he can't stand that Mordecai is not bowing down. He finds out that Mordecai is a Jew, and now his reckless passion wants him not only to annihilate Mordecai, but annihilate everybody that's like Mordecai. Let's, he's a Jew, so let's kill all the Jews. He's that color, so let's give it all of them. He's from there, so I hate everybody else from there. That's prejudice. These people. They go through a routine process by which they're casting lots. It's, it's something that was done by chance, which was believed that God would determine the conclusion. They wanted no bias. They wanted no partiality, so they would cast lots. Remember they cast lots when Jonah was on the ship to see who was disobedient. The lot fell on Jonah. Proverbs says the lot belongs to the Lord. So the, the idea in their mind was that they did this process and God was the one that made the decision. So they cast this lot to decide when this execution would take place. This process was done in the first month and the determination was made that the annihilation would happen in the 12th month. By the way, even in this human process that was happening, you can see God's hand. God gave them 11 months to get the job done. And by the way, they're never going to get it done, but God was buying time. Amen. Sometimes you've got to quit complaining about 
the decisions that people against you have made and start thanking God that even though they've made a decision, it ain't going to happen yet and a lot can happen between now and then. I can't believe they did that. I can't believe that's the way it came out. I can't believe that they, they, they're trying to do that to me. I can't believe that people talk. I can't believe they lying. I can't believe they got away with it. They haven't gotten away with it. They just got a plan in set. But God specializes in breaking up wicked people's plans. Do what you can in them 11 months. Because it ain't over till God says it's over. The revealed prejudice that we saw. This rigged proposal, I'm moving quickly. This is how he says it to the king. Uh, there's a certain people. They're scattered abroad. They're, they're dispersed. They're, they're in the province of your king. Watch this. Now. They're here, but they ain't from here. King, they live in Persia, but they ain't from Persia. They're not like us. They, 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 they're, they're not from here. They don't go with our laws. They don't listen to what you say. He is packaging this to the king as if the Jews are problematic to Persian existence. Truth be told, the Jews were not a problem to Persia. The Jews were a perk in Persia. And you're going to have people, child of God, that are going to package your Christianity as problematic to culture. It's a problem to American culture when these people only believe marriage is this way. It's a problem to American culture when they're against abortion. It's a problem to American culture when they believe you ought to stay pure until you get married. It's a problem to American culture when they're against alcohol. It's a problem to American culture when they think the Bible's the only rule of faith. It's a problem to American culture when they think Jesus is the only way to go. It's a problem to American culture when they start condemning things that are wrong, that are politically correct. See, people don't understand the best thing for them, but don't you stop being the best thing. You can't expect the devil to give you credit for being like Jesus. So this is what the, he's lying. He says they don't keep your laws. The Jews weren't disobeying Persian laws. Mordecai decided not to bow down to the king. There was only one thing that wasn't getting obeyed, and that was to bow down to a wicked man. Isn't it amazing how people will take one thing about you and characterize your total existence on one thing? That's what people do. That's what he's saying. Hey, these people, they all don't listen to you. You better get rid of them because they're in your kingdom and they're stinking it up. As a matter of fact, I'll, I'll pay the people to get rid of them. Don't, don't, don't suffer them, verse number eight. Let it be written that they may be destroyed. I'll pay 10,000 talents of silver to the hands of those that have the charge of the business to bring it into the king's. We, we're going to make money off of this. Oh, listen to me. I'll pay them, and with this money, they'll, they'll get this done, and we're going to make money off of it. As a matter of fact, later on in the passage, Scripture says we're going we're gonna to take their spoils as a prey. We're not going to kill them. We're going to get their stuff. Listen, it's going to benefit us financially to get rid of the Jews. This is the agenda. This is the plot of those that are anti-God. I didn't come here tonight to make us all victims. But you're going to have to understand something. When your Christianity invades someone else's lifestyle, when you living for God, when the Christian biblical principles that you espouse, that you claim, that you refuse to compromise, when it starts messing up people's fun and it starts spoiling people's weekends and it starts wrecking people's relationships and it starts going against their grain and you start messing with stuff that people are in love with and you start telling them their idols are against God, listen to me, they will start saying to you, 
that getting rid of you would be a benefit to society. I don't have time to go there. Look at it in your own time, Mark chapter 5. Jesus enters the country of the Gadarenes. He's met by a crazy man, a devil, huh? Possessed with demons, crazy. Pastor, that's a little condescending to call him crazy. You make the determination. He's running around naked. Crazy, right? Sleeping in the cemetery, crazy. Chain down, gets loose, crazy. Foaming at the mouth, crazy. Possessed with demons, multiple demons. We, we draw the conclusion by when Jesus sent the demon to the swine, a couple thousand swine. So it's safe to say that this man may have been possessed with a couple thousand demons. What's your name? My name is Legion, for we are many. That's what the Bible says. <laughs> here's, a good, here's a little good nugget for you. He's crazy. He's naked. He sleeps in the cemetery. He can't get chained down. He's a menace to society. He is out of his mind. He sees Jesus for the first time, and this crazy fool runs up to Jesus and says, Thou son of the most high God. Now you tell me how a crazy man who sleeps in a cemetery running around naked with a bunch of demons know who Jesus is and people with a building like Kingdom Hall and Mosque and all this other stuff can't figure out who he is. Let me tell you something. He'd never seen Jesus, but when that man came up into a crazy man's life in all of his mess and muck and mire, he knew that's the son of God. Mama, there goes that man. Something special about it. Nebuchadnezzar had, never, uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar had never seen Jesus, but when he looked in that fiery furnace, he said, I didn't, didn't I throw in three men? Lo, I see four men loose, and the fourth man looks like the son of God. Hey, how you know what the son of man looks like? I don't know, but I know that man looked like somebody I've never seen before. That's got to be Jesus. You don't need a college course on what Jesus looks like. Meet him. You'll know it's him. Back to the text. So here we are. I'm going to pay. I'm, I'm going to get rid of him. King takes off his ring. I have here this rig proposal produces a royal proclamation. Okay, you've convinced me. The king didn't hate Jews. The king's just listening to his right-hand man. That's why it pays to be a good leader. Because when you're a bad leader, sometimes people just follow you because of your position. May I put you in charge? This is what you say. I, he, he, didn't, he didn't hate them. This was, this was not the king's bidding. This was the king leaning on the instructions of his poised leader. Takes off his ring. This royal proclamation involves an authenticated demonstration. When the king took off his ring, this was, this was his authentication of what this decree would say. It, it would be like a royal seal on a letter. Took off his ring. Signifying, look, okay. I'll do what you say, verse 10. Gave it to him. He didn't just stamp the letter. He gave the ring to Haman. I mean, when you walk around with the king's ring, basically you're saying to everybody in the kingdom, I can do what I want to do. You might as well treat me like the king because I got the ring. King said to Haman, the silver is given thee. Now watch this, this authenticated demonstration. Notice these allocated disbursements. Wow. He says, I'm going to give you silver. I'm going to give you sufficient money, and I'm going to give you people also to do with them as they make good. I'm not going to give you sufficient money. I'm going to give you supplied manpower. Hey, Haman, you want to annihilate these people? I'm going to pay for it, and I'm going to give you the people to get it done. 
I mean, you look at this passage of scripture, it looks like a done deal that the Jews are done with. Well, that's setting the stage for God, ain't it? Doesn't he specialize in coming through when it looks like ain't no way? <laughs> He's a way maker. Now, notice the articulated decree. Let me hasten. Then were the king's scribes. What were scribes? What did scribes do? Hmm? Study and do what? Write. Ezra's the ready scribe. They copy things out. Okay? So trusted scribes were ones who were, you just hear the statements, inscribed, transcribed, all that. They would write out. So, so now the king is, he's giving the decree, and now he's calling all the scribes, copy it out. Let's put it in writing. Are you noticing what I'm noticing? It seems like with every sentence and every verse, this thing is getting more and more official. How in the world does the end of Esther turn out the way it does when the beginning is looking like this? Huh? That's why you got to see what the ends are going to be. Amen. And hear this. Now we've gone from an authenticated demonstration, allocated disbursements to an articulated decree. We're going to put it in writing. It was written according to all that Haman had commanded. Look at verse 12. Tenants, governors in every province, rulers of every people, every province, according to the writing, they're written, written, written. The king said, I ain't just saying it. We're going to copy it. Make it official. Every people and their language. In the name of what? Ahasuerus is what it written. Put my name on it. Put my name on it. Are you watching the demise of the Jews right before your eyes? Now, please understand something, folks. Because some of us are not really paying attention to, to Scripture and history. See, the annihilation of the Jews here in Esther is a threat to the entire New Testament. Wait, are you listening? We, we, we still got to go through these people to get to the Messiah. So, so, so before you get nervous and act like, oh no, oh no, what are you going to do? This is not new to God. Come on. They were trying to kill all the babies when Moses was born. I mean, they've been trying to, they've been trying to give, and, and Herod's going to do it when Jesus is born. Listen to me. The devil keeps trying the same thing and keeps losing. Well, why does he keep trying? Because losers keep losing. You got to understand, Pastor, why are you, because when, he's going to keep trying on you. And why in the world do you believe what a loser says when a loser always loses and a loser tends to be a liar? Bible told you he's a liar, he's a murderer. So when he tells you you're going to lose, don't come to church moping because the devil told you something. You should know when he said it, it's a lie. He's not just a liar, he's the father of lies. He's, he doesn't just lie, he started lying. This is an articulated decree. It's an awful declaration that all, verse number 13, this is what the letters say. And the letters go out to all the provinces, all of the mayors, as we would think, the city officials, the governors, the, these people that we would think would be ruling over provinces, all of the leaders got a letter, and this is what the letter said. Destroy, kill, cause to perish all Jews. Can you imagine? Destroy, kill, cause to perish all Jews. This is going out. Is anybody listening to me? It all started because a man wouldn't bow down. And look at here, look at here, look at here. And the king signing the letter and don't even know his wife is a Jew. I 
I don't read the Bible because it's boring. Which one are you reading? This is an awful declaration. Verse 14, I'm almost done. A copy of the writing commandment was to be given in every province and published unto all people that they should be ready against that day. The post went out, verse 15 being what? Hasten. The accelerated dissemination. Get it out fast. Distribute it fast. Watch, watch, listen, please watch this digression. Haman, you're in charge. Yay, thank you. I've always wanted to be in charge. Everybody bow down to him. He's in charge. Absolutely, he's in charge. Absolutely not. He's not in charge. Well, who you think you are? Oh, I don't have anything. I'm not trying to make a name for myself. It's just I'm already got, I've already got somebody to bow down to. He's the king of kings, the lord of lords. And my allegiance to him will not let me have allegiance to him. At the, Somebody help me preach. You can't bow to him and him at the same time. And watch this now. If you're bowing to him, you're not bowing to him. If you're bowing to him, capital H, capital I, capital M, then you're not bowing to him, lowercase h, lowercase I, lowercase M. Stop telling people you're bowing to both hymns at the same time. Because no man can serve two masters. This is what happened. I can't bow. Oh, you can't? We can't believe. You better bow. I can't. I won't. Ooh, he won't bow. Who? Mordecai for real? And guess what? He's a Jew too. I hate Jews. Let's get them all killed. Hey, king, I'm your main man. Why don't you make up a law? Because their laws that they're doing, they're messing up Persia. And if you keep having them around, they're going to mess up our our economic system. They're going to mess up our laws. They're going again. Really? Those people going again? You sounds like a good idea. Why don't you make a decree? Here, take my ring. You go ahead and do what you need to do. I'll give you the people. I'll give you the finances. Make a decree. Haman says, here's what we want to do. Write it down. Let's kill them all. Scribes write it out. Disperse it out. And it's going to happen to everybody. And the king says, get it out fast. Tell me pride ain't reckless. One man's pride is trying to kill a whole nation and destroy God's whole plan. Then let me close. Then the reaction, verse 15, you go home. Post went out being hastened, and the decree was given in Shushan the palace. Here it is, verse 15. And the king and Haman sat down to drink. Restricted pleasure. These, these two celebrating. We pulled it off, we pulled it off. King's excited. Haman's excited. Came, Haman knows what he's doing. King don't know what he's doing. But they sitting down. Got it all signed out. Got all the people to have it. Everybody's got their letters. We got this process. Hey, 11 months, they're going to be done. King, exactly what we needed to happen. Have a great Haman. Let's sit down and rejoice. Listen to me. When you do people wrong, you and the people that help you are the only people having a party. And while restricted pleasure is going on amidst two people, Resulting perplexity is happening among the people. But the city of Shushan was perplexed. Why? Because how you view people from your lofty perch is not how regular people view people on the ground. Are you listening to me? 
I can't stand them. Ooh, they get on my nerves. I wish they weren't ever here. You can't stand them because you're too good to ever be around them. But those of us that know them for who they are, we kind of like them. So while you're parting over their destruction, we're perplexed because we actually know them people that you said are bad for us, we eat with them. We hang around. Matter of fact, they better than we. Something going on in them that ain't going on in us. We're confused while you're celebrating. Interesting, interesting way to end Esther chapter 3. Haman and the king are drinking and the people are perplexed. Be careful, be careful when you get so high on yourself that you start hating people that most people actually love. I don't know what you see in them. I don't know why you like, and, and, and watch this now. Well, let me say this before I quit. You're real full of pride. Number one, if you love yourself so much that you hate everybody else, but then you're full of pride when you want to go around demanding that everybody that you like hates the people you hate. I can't believe you my friend and you won't hate the people I hate. Well, I don't think they're the way you think they are because I actually know them for who they are. And you would too if you'd get out that tree and come down to the ground. Pride. It makes us look down on people. And you can't ever get to know the value of people looking down on them. You can only get to know the value of people walking amongst them. I don't care what position you're in, who you're in charge of, how much power you get, how much authority you're granted. I don't care how high up the totem pole you travel. You better make some time and make some trips down to the bottom where everybody else is. You better get to know them. Because guess what? The people you hate so much are going to end up being the people you need so badly. And you better make sure that you don't do people so dirty that when you do need them, instead of hanging them on the gallows, you get hung yourself. Our Father, we love you. We bless you. We magnify your name. Keep working in us and through us for your glory and our good. In Jesus' name, amen.